Hi everyone and welcome to the final whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Kenzie Benali and I'm Steve Forbes and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's 3-2 loss to Man United. Dean Hammond and Adam Leach are here again. Dean, we're speaking just after the game. A big disappointment to leave with nothing, but there definitely are positives to take on there. 100%. You're right, Kenza. It's disappointment because of being 2-0 up against Manchester United. Um, but real positive, you know, James Ward-Prowse's goal again, um, a, a goal from a, a set piece, another good delivery, um, and push Man United um, to their limits. You know, Man United have had to play very, very well today to beat Southampton. So, in that, if you look at it like that, um, there is the positives, and we, it's been a good start to the season. Sitting fifth in the table, so you know if we take, if you said that at the start of the season, at the beginning of December, I think everyone have taken it. So definitely some positives today. Adam Jan Bednarek scored today, but all of his goals have actually come in three-two defeats. Should Ralph just ban him from scoring? Well, either that, because he's always scored when they've gone 2-0 up and lost 3-2. So the only other option is that you, you ban him from scoring other than, say, the 93rd minute onwards, <laughs> when surely you're gonna, it's not going to go wrong. But uh, yeah, I, like Dean said, uh, joking aside, a uh, slightly gutting uh, day for Saints. Well, result anyway when you go 2-0 up, but... Still plenty of positives to take out of it. I completely agree with Dean. It was uh, They pushed Man United all the way. Good Man United side. They made Man United stretch them to you know absolute limits to effectively get that win. Um, and you would say probably on a day when combination of quality of United, but also Saints themselves weren't probably at their best and they're still that competitive with, with one of the best teams in the league. So... Still a lot to, to take forward for them. They're in a great position in the table. So I don't think there's any uh, undue reason to get too worried. We just need to uh, perhaps worry with, when we see Ben Narek open the scoring. <laughs> yeah, I think we do need to ban him. Um, before we discuss today's match in detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Here comes Ward Prass from the left. Such an in-swinger, right-footed, a flicked on and goal! Jan Ben Narek has scored! Got close range, it was the perfect delivery to the near post. Oh, and that's a poor clearance from McCarthy. McCarthy's only found Greenwood, edge of the box, saved, follow-up saved again. And then it suddenly is cleared away, double save, having got himself in trouble. That's how you get out of it. Ward-Prowse from a yard outside the box on the left, curls it, and it is in, and he has done it again. It's number nine for James Ward-Prowse. And De Gea desperately went to his right and it almost hit him off the post and went in. Now Cavani looks up from the right-hand side, low ball in, Stotten turned from Fernandes, 2-1. He couldn't really miss once he was allowed to swivel and turn and line the shot up. 17 minutes to go, McCarthy comes off his line, doesn't get the best punch, Fred can square it to Fernandes on the edge of the box, deflects and goes in! Cavani may have got the last touch. I'm not sure if he did that he meant it. This time United have played it out to Rashford on the left. Early ball in. Cavani near post header. Brilliant header. He has his second. And United, not for the first time, have turned around a 2-0 deficit at St Mary's. They're winning 3-2 here in stoppage time. Uh, let's start off by just getting your general reaction to the game, gentlemen. Adam, what did you make of it? Yeah, obviously a bit gutted at the end, Steve. Um, real shame uh, having been 2 0 up. If, if I'm totally honest, um, I think on the balance of the entire 90 minutes, uh, the overall play and chances created, I do think Man United probably just about edged it and probably they deserved 
just about to get the three points, but that doesn't really stop it hurting when you're when you're two nil up, and even at, at two all in the closing seconds, you're thinking, well, actually, you probably would have taken a point from this game uh, beforehand, uh, and so it's actually a decent result. And then to come away with nothing, it's a little bit of a little bit of a kick in the guts for Saints, I think. Um, you know, on the positive side, I think we've seen plenty of character from them this season and it's going to test their character coming back from this because I'm sure that they would have felt it as well. Overall, yeah, like I say, United started better. Uh, Saints had a spell, obviously, where they did very well. They got their two goals, but then the halftime change bringing on Cavani really um, totally changed the game and United were the better team for the majority of the second half. And as I say, in the end, though disappointed, trying to put a neutral head on for a moment, I think they probably just about edged it. Yeah, disappointing result then, Dean, considering such a strong first half performance. Yeah, it was. And I think we have to just know that it was an excellent first half performance after a slow start by Southampton or a strong start by uh, Manchester United. Um, came into the game, got two very good goals, um, especially... You know, James Ward-Prowse's free kick and a, a corner from a set piece, which they would have worked on um, on the training ground. So that was good. Um, and a really strong first half where they were dominant of Manchester United, looked fitter, looked stronger. Um, but, you know, Man United did have some chances, um, did have a, quite a few opportunities during the game and just came on strong in, in the second half. And that change with Cavani came on, made a big difference. It kind of freed up Rashford a bit and he became... Um, Came more into the game and more influential into the game. Um, but you know, United are a good team, they've got world class players. So, you know, like Adam said, a 2 2 result would have been an excellent result. Um, but to lose it last minute is disappointing. But I think it's the first time we probably saw a little bit of fatigue coming into the team potentially. They looked a little bit tired towards the end. And if you think about it, you know, off the wave they've been on with the performances they've been on, the consistent team, it probably was going to happen at some point. Um, so no disgrace to lose to Man United 3-2, but just a little bit of disappointment because a point would have been an excellent result. Yeah, it was a, a tough result to take that one, wasn't it? But sticking with you then, Dean, um, let's discuss the positives because there were still plenty of them in that match. Um, let's talk about Benarek's goal because, you know, he's been so fantastic this season and, you know, great to see him get on, on the score sheet um, and a great delivery from James Ward-Prowse as well. How pleased were you to see that? Yeah, it was a lovely set piece. And like I said, one they would have worked on and one they would have identified with with Manchester United, maybe being particularly weak at the front post. And excellent movement. I think he'd done two movements before he got a flick in the header and it was a really good finish after an excellent delivery. We know James Ward-Prowse can deliver the ball with pace and accuracy. So, no, excellent goal. And it was lovely to see him score because he's probably saved a lot of goals and opportunities at the other end. And it's nice for him to get his first goal of the season. So, it's always nice as a manager and a coach to to see um, work that you've done on the training ground um, happen in a match. So a lovely finish um, and you can see they'd worked on it. The timing was good. The delivery was good. Um, so that was one of the positives of many in the first half. Yeah, Adam, as Dean said there, that's his first goal of the season. But how good has Benarek been overall for you? Yeah, I think over the course of this season, if you were to be looking at kind of a, a most improved player, uh, for the first part of this year, he would be right up at the top of your list. Um, that's not to say that he wasn't doing well at the end of last season, because clearly he was. But his game has come on leaps and bounds. If you if you wind back 12 months from where he was then and you look at where he is now, he's clearly improved massively. 
Um, and then I guess the biggest compliment you can pay to him is that the, the defence has kind of changed from a from in terms of Ralph's selection that he is probably the the first name on the team sheet in in the centre of defence. And then it's a case of Ralph deciding who to play with him. At the moment, it's Vestergaard. It has been Stevens. But I think the fact that Bednarek has elevated himself to be the first choice uh, of of any pairing really just underlines how far he's come. And on a day like today, it was a difficult day for both the centre-halves today. I think Vestergaard particularly um, struggled today uh, compared to some of the very commanding performances we've seen recently, but, but against world-class opposition. Um, but Bednarek still kind of held his own and was still relatively solid. And, and yeah, I think he's uh, much improved this year. And I think there's a the good thing for Saints is I think there's still a lot to come from him as well. Dean, let's talk about James Ward-Prowse's free kick then. We spoke about his delivery for Bednarek, but, you know, another one to add to the list, his ninth uh, goal from a direct free kick, and it was from close range as well. Just how difficult is that to execute? Well, massively difficult. I know I wouldn't be able to do it. So, um, but no, he's um, he's exceptional at his free kicks, and we've mentioned it before. Um, but the angle as well, just to get it over that wall and so close to the post, because the Hale almost got that, well, he got a hand to it, um, excellent execution. Um, he knows what he's going to do. And it, it was nice to see because, you know, in the first half, James Will-Prowse was, was feisty. He was he made a few good tackles. He was he looked like he was up for the game. He, he was putting his intent on the game. And then to become very calm and very composed for the corner for a good delivery and then to get a free kick and opportunity um, to score a goal like he did was, was excellent. And he must relish them moments when the ball is near the, the box to think, OK, I've got a real... It's a real goal-scoring opportunity for, for Southampton and for him when he's in range like that. So, brilliant execution, the whip and the pace he gets on the ball for to beat one of the best goalkeepers in the world um, from that distance is is excellent. So, credit to him. And I thought he had a, a, a demand a, a commanding first half, you know, um, really stamped his authority on the game. And to get a goal and an assist, um, very, very good. Yeah, it's not just goal scoring free kicks that he's got in his locker. He's got a good assist record. Um, he's a pretty consistent performer in the midfield. Adam, how do you think he did at pulling the strings today for Southampton? Yeah, it was a decent game, but I think um, United were good opposition for Saints today, and they and they've got good players in that area. And I think I think probably Romeo struggled a little bit more today. Fernandez is such a great player, and he's such a problem in that pocket that he buzzes around in, and that did cause. Saints and particularly Romeo quite a few problems today and uh, Ward Prowse then playing alongside him I suppose was somewhat impacted by that as well I thought they they were decent but United especially in that period they had of domination in the first half they were going through the midfield and they were going through with with probably more ease than you would like second half when they were on top it was a little bit different but uh yeah it was it was a decent performance from Prowse today, a great goal and great set piece delivery. And I guess that's the mark of the consistency. Like you come out of a day like today and you think, yeah, Prowse probably didn't have his best day today, but probably you're still giving him a seven out of 10. He still scored a goal and he's assisted another goal. And uh, I mean, what can you say really? That's a, that's a mark of, of his newfound consistency really as whereas if you'd have gone back two or three seasons, I think that's a kind of game where he would be in danger of just getting a little bit lost, but but not anymore. Uh, so even when he's not at his absolute best, he's still making a massive contribution to the team. And I think that's 
uh, kind of the positive that he'll take away from today as well as his goal. Hmm. Dean, let's talk about Alex McCarthy now then. We spoke about his form before the game. He made a fantastic double save, albeit from his own mistake. Uh, that was a bit of a heart in the mouth moment, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, and I think that just shows the confidence he's playing with. He, he wanted to play into midfield. He wanted to play a, a nice pass into the midfield players so they could, they could, they could progress and keep possession. Uh, but no, it was a fantastic double save. The first one was a, a strike from Greenwood and kind of reaction save. And then a quick feet, quick reaction, um, a long body and his long arms to get the second saving and then kind of touched it third time with his elbow to get it away from Fernandez. So, no, really, really good save. And he continued his good form. I, I don't think he could do really anything about the goals, to be honest. He looked pretty commanding today. He was good with his hands and pretty good with his feet, except for that pass. Um, so another a good performance. And like most of the Southampton team today, there was... They played pretty well. There was good spells in that. They just, I think, they just got overrun towards the end by a good Man United team who have got good players and are fit and are strong, um, good attacking players, um, and they just slowly felt that that tiredness. I think Southampton. So, but McCarthy pulled off. That was a a fantastic save, and that might be the the eye catching moments uh, that we talked about before the show, uh, before the game that he needed um, because they were a fantastic save. Yeah, let's move into the second half. And Adam, where did it start to go wrong for Southampton? Was it just that United started to show their quality then? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, I, I guess I think the only thing I'd say is that it's probably wrong to look at just the second half because Saints United started very well as well. It wasn't as if Saints totally dominated that first half. United could probably should, in fairness, have got the first goal. Um Saints just, I think Dean said about fatigue, and I think I think he's right. And I don't think that necessarily that showed just in those closing stages. I think they looked a bit fatigued and a bit leggy, uh, and maybe mentally just a little bit fatigued. I felt as much as physically from from the beginning, and they kind of they kind of got away with it at the start. They struggled to get to grips with United shape. I think they also uh, the press just wasn't didn't have quite the same snap and intensity as they've had. They then kind of got it back and they got their, their couple of goals and they were really impressive in that period. Then second half, uh, I think Cavani coming on, not just obviously the goals that he provided, but actually just positionally having that kind of an out-and-out striker through the middle, which, as Dean said, freed up freed up Rashford and some of the other players as well to kind of be a bit more creative and to still have that presence through the middle, along with United being fit and strong and powerful uh, and very good, and getting some momentum behind them, kind of just shifted Saints. And you could see Saints kind of dropping further and further off of it a little bit. And if I'm being super critical um, of Ralph, I must admit I didn't really understand the substitution when he brought Long on. Um, not that I didn't think you'd necessarily take Gineppo off, but I felt like at that moment in time, it felt like more of an occasion that maybe, maybe that's one of those times where you shore things up a little bit and maybe you adapt your, yourself a little bit. Which, I mean, it sounds a bit hypocritical because we praised him so much in the past for for not going down the route of, of that. But I just wondered at that stage of the game, I don't know, I just didn't feel that change really worked out for them all that well. And uh, yeah, I guess once United had made it 2-1, you kind of felt it was going to be a long, long rest of the game for Saints and, and really so it proved. Uh, but a, so a mixture, I think, of that fatigue that Dean spoke of that was definitely on display, but also 
um, quality from United, both in the quality they were able to bring off the bench to affect the game and the quality of the players they had on there who who kind of recognised, I think, that the, through the start of the game they had that Saints were not impenetrable for them and that if they could get into it, then they they might well still have a chance of winning it and and yeah they and they obviously did that and, and quite impressively in the end. Dean, obviously United did make a couple of personnel changes in the second half. We've spoken about how impactful that introduction of Cavani was, but what else changed for United in the second half? Well, I think it was his impact. If I'm honest, it was more that his presence. Um, nothing against Greenwood. Greenwood is an exciting young player, um, but experienced players that have a reputation and a presence can not only make players within the Man United team better, um, it makes the Southampton players more aware, maybe more negative because they're more, um, not scared, but they're more aware of him as a presence and as a full player. And he has got that that added quality. United just, they were 2-0 down. So they kind of let the reins off and they had to go for it, even though they were pretty solid first half. Um, and Rashford was much, much better. Fernandez is a fantastic player. Um, was getting in more goal-scoring opportunities. Um, and the fatigue we spoke about, you know, that was that was like Man United, Man United, Manchester United of old, really. If you look back at the Ferguson era, they wouldn't win every game 5-6-0. They would come back and win 3-2. They would be 2-0 down and come back and win 3-2. And that's what United did today. So I think Southampton, when it was 2-2, I kind of agree with Adam. They kind of maybe just needed to keep a bit of a shape and a little bit of a discipline. But... They have been so successful with the philosophy and the way they've played. So sometimes it's hard to change because you feel as though you can go and win the game, even though it's 2-2. Um, so I think it was just Manchester United. I think Southampton were a little bit tired, a little bit fatigued, and United just turned it on when they needed to. And Cavani gets two opportunities, two great headers, two great goals. So um, just, I think, like Adam said, they sneaked it and probably deserved the win. Yeah, Sticking with yourself, Dean, looking at the result, being 2-0 up and then leaving with nothing... How deflating is it for a player to lose a game like that in the dying embers of a match? Well, it's disappointing, obviously, and they will go into the dressing room disappointed and you will you will look at it and think, OK, what could have I, I done different individually? What could we have done different as a team? Um, I think what also changed as well, you know, Fernandes go on, I think it was 59 minutes. So just before the hour mark, if... If Southampton could have got through another five, ten minutes, it may have been different because United could have been a little bit more deflated. But as a player coming in, you've got to think of the positives. You've got to think we were 2-0 up against Manchester United. We've played well first half. Um, they've come on strong in the second half. We've been on a fantastic run. We've, we're higher in the league than we'd probably expect. So I think there has to be a little bit of a reality check and just realise how well Southampton have played this year and what a good position they're in. So there will be disappointment. Um, and there'll be calm analysis, I think. The manager will just calmly look at it, go into training this week and think, OK, what could we have done different? What can we do better in the future? And they've got two really good, interesting fixtures coming up now um, that they'll be really confident in going to win. So, yeah, just a little bit of self-reflection maybe um, for each individual player and as a team. Adam, that seems like a really fair analysis there from Dean because it does feel like we do need perhaps a bit of a reality check because there's no doubt it was a disappointing ending. But looking at the Premier League table, we're still sitting fifth after 10 games. Yeah, I think a bit of perspective absolutely is is required. And it's why when Saints went uh, top of the league not that long ago, we were all saying, you know, enjoy the moment. 
you know enjoy it don't there's no need to be negative about it and sort of say oh it won't last and things like that because we all felt that that was probably the reality of it so you've got to enjoy those moments and that's because you have games like this you have a game where you play top quality opposition and in the end however it happens maybe they are just a little bit better than you on the day they've got players they've spent you know absolute fortunes on they, they should be able to beat saints technically on paper um and so occasionally you know you can't outweigh those odds every so often and that's the reality of today but you know you can you've got to look at it in the context of the overall season at this point in time and there's no point in getting down about it man united are a really good team yeah they might have had a by their high standards a slightly indifferent start to the season but look at their side they're chocked full of world-class regular international footballers who win trophies and have won lots and lots of trophies in their careers um they're, they're a very good team and you've you know the worst you can say is that you were disappointed that you only only just lost to them and that's really not too bad a place to be and they haven't gone out and got steamrolled by man united they they've come away gutted because they haven't beaten man united and that's a positive place to be still and i think that when the dust settles a little bit on the result, I think not only the players, but I think the fans as well will probably uh, appreciate that and, and that it's not all doom and gloom just because of one result. Right, well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. We conceded uh, too early, the 2-1, I think, and then the opponent has some some good alternatives from the bench. Um, Cavani was sure how to defend for us. He's always dangerous in the box. I mean, you don't have pressure on the ball, then they can start playing. Um, yeah, and we invested a lot. It was a very intense game. I think we, we showed some really good patterns uh, and in, in the, did, did the best we can. I think in the moment. Uh, but uh, yeah, finally, then it's difficult to to uh, to keep the heads up. Although we should have because. We had uh, done what we can do and, and more wasn't possible today, I think. It was an excellent first half, obviously, to go in 2-0 up at half-time. What pleased you about the way your team started the game? No, everything. I think we were brave. We have good automatism. We were really pressing them in a good way. Um, and uh, they had, uh, in the first half, not really one chance. And we were very, very committed. Um, uh, but then in the second half, uh, it's, it was getting more and more difficult. And yeah, in the end, it was uh, um, not enough. But yeah, we, we know that uh, we did a good job today. And Adam, looking at the next two games, we've got Brighton away next, then followed by Sheffield United at home. That's a real opportunity to start getting things back on track, right? Yes, a huge opportunity for them here. This was a difficult game. Well, in fact, they've had two difficult games. So Wolves, Man United, they're good, good teams who are going to be right up there uh, in that in that area that Saints kind of want to be in, sort of in and around the, the bottom of those European spots. Now they've got two teams who are obviously uh, going to be, by the looks of it, fighting for survival, perhaps a bit harsh to, to say that that's definitely Brighton's fate this early in the season. But chances are they're probably going to be looking over their shoulder for most of the season rather than than looking up the table. Uh, and Sheffield United, we know where they are now and, and obviously they need to get some points. They haven't necessarily, I don't think either team, you can, you know, by all accounts and from what I've seen, you can accuse of being dreadful uh, this season, but they just haven't probably got the, the number of results that 
they ideally might have liked, particularly Sheffield United. Uh, but it's a, it signals a good opportunity for Saints. There's a good chance there. There's potential of six points from those games. And when you, yeah, I guess, I think most managers that I've ever known, they do look at the, the fixture list. They do break it down into areas and they set little targets. Sometimes they set them for the players and sometimes they just set them internally amongst the coaching staff as to what they want to do. And I'm sure when they look at it, United, they probably would have had down as a draw would be great. A win would be a lovely bonus. Defeat, not the end of the world. Brighton, Sheffield United, they're two we want to try and win. Then you come out the back and you kind of you know, that and you've kind of got Arsenal, Man City and you go, OK, maybe they're the ones that we get anything here. It's a bonus, those kind of games. So, yeah, I think Saints will be looking at this. They'll be targeting it. Um, they've got a slight advantage given we said they're fatigued, that obviously they don't play till the Monday night against Brighton. It just gives them just that little bit extra breathing space, uh, freshen the team, you know, the players up a little bit. And potentially, I guess, depending on the fatigue levels, Ralph may look at freshening the side up. And if I think um, we spoke about Danny Ings, still wouldn't take an undue risk. But I think after today, on balance, if he thinks Ings is fit and ready, I think Ings comes back in now uh, straight away for Brighton if he's available. Um, and yeah, and maybe you look at freshening up one or two other positions if you feel you need it. But I don't think there'll be wholesale changes. Maybe just Danny in and drop, you know, maybe Gineppo drops out and they, they drop Theo a little bit deeper. But I think, yeah, you stick with it. Two good chances to get three points against two teams that are struggling. So yeah, nothing to be overly concerned about out of the back of this game for me. Yeah, it'll be great to, to welcome Danny back, hopefully next week. Uh, but Dean, two of your former clubs coming up next for Southampton. What are your early thoughts on those games? Well, the, the games that, like Adam said, the, the manager will target to to win or get results in and get points on the board. Um, both good teams, actually, Brighton and Sheffield United. I covered the Brighton game yesterday and they played good football. They're a decent footballing team and they're good to watch. They're expansive but they do miss opportunities and they do give you opportunities. So, you know, Southampton going to Brighton, I think will be um, a test, but I think it's definitely a, a game they can get a result out of and they will have that extra rest, like Adam mentioned, not playing until the Monday night. If you can get Danny Ings back into the squad, potentially may not start, but within the squad, that will give the players an extra lift. Um, and obviously coming off the bench, you can have an impact. Um, and Nathan Redmond might be available as well. So, that's definitely a game that the manager will think, OK, we can bounce back from this. And Southampton are good at doing that, bouncing back from results, getting going into the next game, positive manner, um, positive approach to to get another win. And then Sheffield United, again, are a, a decent team. I know they sit bottom, second from bottom, um, not scoring goals, and that's been their problem. They're not scoring goals, but they played pretty well against West Brom um, yesterday um, and probably should have got something out of the game. Um, but again, it's a game that Southampton will look, will look to win. Um, and, you know, Southampton play well and they play at their best and they play with that tempo and that press and that attacking football, they can beat anyone in this league. We, they've proved that so far. So today is, do you know what I would take positives out today? Because Manchester United would know they've been in a game and they've had to be at their best to beat Southampton. So as a Southampton player, I think, actually, we've given them a game and they've had to come in the last 20 minutes to beat us, to be at their best. That's a compliment. So, you know, there's some positives definitely from the game. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to our guests, Dean Hammond and Adam Leach. We'll be back after the next game. See you then.